Welcome back to another edition of It's Raining Mets, the CBS 21 weather podcast. I am meteorologist Steve Knight, and I will be your hostess with the mostest here uh, this week. And, uh, you know, what a great time of year weather-wise. One of my favorites, certainly. We start talking about mid-October. We're really into, you know, what would normally be, of course, kind of the peak of our fall weather and uh, some really great fall weather. Uh, October for me is just such an awesome weather month when you start to see, you know, the changing of the leaves and you get the cooler temperatures, you get those cool nights, but then we, you know, warm things up during the afternoon. And by and large, it has been a pretty nice week of fall weather for us here in uh, central PA. Uh, it didn't start out that way. If you recall, this past Sunday was really blustery and cool. We had had all of that rain, rain that we needed in central PA, but we picked up well over an inch of rain last Saturday alone. And then we dried out on Sunday, but uh, boy, it was it was windy throughout the day. One of those days, it was kind of the mix of clouds and sun, and at times kind of gray, but uh, it was at least dry uh, for weekend plans. And I think that, you know, both tomorrow, uh, Saturday, and uh, Sunday of this weekend will be somewhat similar. Uh, a mix of clouds and sun. It is definitely going to be blustery. It is definitely going to be windy. It's really going to be feeling like fall. That's for sure, if almost not November instead of uh, October, but... Uh, I do think it will be dry throughout the weekend for, you know, outdoor plans, save for like a windswept, uh, northerly blown uh, passing shower, passing sprinkle, uh, that type of thing. So, uh, however, if you're listening to this podcast, when it drops on Friday, it is going to be a soggy night here in central PA. We're talking about some rain that's going to be moving in from the West and uh, it will be here during the evening hours tonight. And it's going to make for a soggy setup. Unfortunately, for high school football games or any Friday evening plans that you have, my co-anchor, Kennedy Miller, she's got big plans tonight to go to Field of Screams in uh, Lancaster. She loves she loves Halloween. She loves uh, <laughs> she loves, uh, you know, all of the all the events and all the pomp and circumstance that surrounds uh, Halloween. So she's got big plans. She's had them all week to go to Field of Screams. And uh, unfortunately, all week, I've basically had to kind of burst her bubble and say, okay, well, you know, go to Field of Screams, have a good time. Just be aware of the fact that we are talking about the idea that uh, there is going to be some rain around uh, for you for your Friday evening. So it is going to be a bit wet uh, for us on our Friday night, but uh, there again, kind of blustery and cool and, uh, uh, you know, football weather. And speaking of which, because I've had a lot of people ask me here, again, if you're listening to this podcast as it drops uh, on Friday, a lot of people have been asking me about the Penn State game. Obviously, biggest game of the year, at least so far. Let's hope they win the game. And then with each progressing week, the games get bigger and bigger and leading up to the Michigan game coming up in November. But certainly the biggest game of the year so far for Penn State. One of the biggest games so far on the college football schedule. Uh, that game is at noon on Saturday. It's in Columbus, Ohio. Plus, I also know there's a lot of Penn State fans uh, that are sparing no expense. Uh, to get to this game, to root on the Nittany Lions, jump it in the uh, RVs and uh, in the SUVs and whatnot, and making that trek out the turnpike to I-70 and heading straight out to Columbus, Ohio for this game. Uh, I think it's going to be mostly cloudy, slightly breezy. Winds, unlike uh, they are going to be like here, uh, winds are going to be out of the northwest uh, 10 to 15 miles per hour, so wind will not be a big factor. There could be a passing shower, you know, not unlike – uh, what we'll see here, but, uh, you know, by and large, a, a dry game. Uh, I would say if you're a fan that's going to the game, that's one of those games where you buy one of those really cheap disposable ponchos 
that, you know, comes in like the, the little packet that's, you know, a little bigger than a deck of cards and you have it with you and hope you don't need it. But in case, you know, a shower pops up in the third quarter, you can quickly put on your poncho and, and uh, stay relatively dry. So uh, good news, uh, even if you're just staying home to watch the game, because you, you never want weather to be a big factor in a, in a game this big. You never want it to be a deluge. You never want it to be, you know, it's fun to watch on, on TV if it's snowing sideways. But, um, you know, you, you you want the game to be decided by the players on the field and, and not necessarily by Mother Nature. So I think the weather for that is uh, actually going to work out and work out pretty well. Uh, beyond that, we've got a, a couple of things uh, going on here outside of uh, our area. First of all, you know, earlier in the week, we really thought that it was going to be a very soggy scenario for us on Saturday. That is no longer going to be the case because uh, there is an area of low pressure that's working its way up the coast and a coastal storm that for us, thankfully, is going to stay just off to our east. And uh, this area of low pressure merging in from the west and that coastal low are not going to get together and throw a bunch of rain back over top of us. However, that is going to happen in the New England states. And uh, boy, New England is going to have another weekend of rainy weather. Um, and, you know, even when the steady rain stops, we're talking gusty winds, real chilly air that's going to make it feel raw. And it's going to be cold enough in some places that uh, they're going to see some snow. Now, the brunt of the storm is actually going to be like New England, the Canadian Maritimes, but, you know, other impacts throughout the northeast, uh, northwest, northeast, I should say, some gusty showers, gusty winds. And, yeah, the the probability of uh, there being some snow uh, that's going to fall. So, look, there's going to be uh, a, a lot of areas in New England uh, that are going to see one to two inches of rain, uh, locally higher amounts of three to four inches of rain. Uh, up in uh, northern New England, and uh, you know, even New York City is going to have a rainy, raw Saturday, and this you know, really blustery, and uh, really, really cool. And uh, we're talking about winds gusting over forty miles per hour in New England. Now, look, I want to stress, you know, our weekend itself is also going to be, you know, quite windy, and we are looking at the idea that we could have some winds gusting over thirty miles per hour. Now, in terms of there actually being, you know, some snow, uh, I'm thinking that's probably going to be in the mountains of like northern uh, New York, uh, you know, all the way up toward Vermont. Um, so that's kind of what I'm thinking in terms of the storm. But it's a it's a pretty big storm. And then uh, heading into next week, that's also going to really uh, drop the temperatures. So even for us heading into next week. And, and, you know, we have yet to have a frost advisory. Uh, we, we basically, we, we've had some patchy frost in some of our outlying areas, some of the valleys, you know, Perry County, uh, Mifflin, Juniata, Snyder counties, there has been a little bit of patchy frost. Uh, however, we have not had a widespread frost. We have not had a widespread killing frost. We do have a chance to uh, have that happen uh, next week uh, as early as Monday night. Right now, Monday night looks like the coldest night of the week next week. And I've got our overnight low down to 36. So we shall see how things set up. If our skies are mainly clear, there really is uh, the possibility that we could have our first widespread frost coming our way on uh, Monday night. 
Uh, the other big thing that's happening, at least across the world in terms of weather, is have you heard about Norma? Well, Norma is a Pacific hurricane that really has rapidly strengthened and is going to make landfall in, uh, and head into uh, Mexico. Uh, you know, Pacific hurricane. So, you know, it's going to happen on the uh, the western side of Mexico. And uh, the possibility here that we are looking at uh, a landfall, weakening a little bit, but it's looking like a landfall, perhaps in Cabo San Lucas as a category one hurricane, and then head into interior portions of Mexico as a big time rainmaker, uh, likely a second landfall in Mexico, potentially as a, as a tropical storm. But here's the deal. Uh, what's, I think, actually good uh, about Norma is that currently forecast to get into central portions of the United States. So should be enough of a jet stream, you know, to pull some Gulf of Mexico moisture northward. And then we're talking about a significant rainfall. Places like Texas, Oklahoma, uh, up toward Kansas, uh, even up toward Iowa, uh, you know, could see some pretty significant rainfall. And here's the good news. They need it. So the drought in that area, you know, any rain basically over the central states would be welcome due to the long lasting and uh, what has really been some far reaching drought conditions. So the drought has been, you know, so significant that it has been producing record low levels on the Mississippi River. That, of course, has resulted in severe reduction in the transport of goods, such a busy waterway. Uh, and intrusion of salt water into the drinking supply in southern Louisiana. Think about that. That's how that's how low the Mississippi River has been running. So, look, this is not going to be, quote-unquote, a drought buster, but some pretty significant rain. And uh, that is very, very welcome news for those folks that are out across the Midwest and anybody that's kind of in the, the, the drainage flow of the uh, Mississippi river. So uh, while Norma is likely going to be a bad deal for a lot of Mexico and could cause mudslides and, and, and you know, unfortunate uh, uh, damage really in Mexico uh, that leftover moisture going to be a really good thing for central portions of the United States that really, really do need it, especially when you consider those uh, record low levels of the, uh, of the Mississippi river. Now for us here, uh, moving forward into next week, I, you know, I mentioned that it's going to get uh, really cold. Sunday itself is a real blustery day. Highs only getting uh, into the upper 50s. But for us, we're then going to be kind of on the right side of things and, and the right side of the jet stream. And yes, some of that is going to be because of that big area of low pressure, what's left over from Norma, getting into central portions of the United States. So for us here locally, uh, we are actually looking at a pretty nice warm-up heading into next week. When I say pretty nice, I think there's a real good chance that both Wednesday and Thursday, uh, we're going to have high temperatures that actually make it to around 70 degrees, potentially even the low 70s, which by then, you know, that's knocking on the door of being uh, 10 degrees uh, up above average. I do see another push of cooler air, and of course, timing being everything, I do think that we're we're looking at the idea that there could be some rain around next weekend. Don't hold me to this because we're so far out, but 
I think at some point in time next weekend, we're going to have another uh, pretty significant cold front come through and uh, that's going to bring us some showers. So as it sits right now, I think our Halloween is going to be cooler than average. Uh, Meaning that we're talking about, you know, high temperatures in and around Halloween, mid to low fifties, low temperatures down into the thirties. If I had to throw a dart right now, I would say Halloween itself is looking like it's going to be mainly dry. And I'm talking about the date itself, uh, mainly dry. Uh, but I think it's going to be probably pretty chilly for those trick-or-treaters that are heading out on Halloween itself. Like trick-or-treat forecast would likely be in the 40s. Um, and that's pretty chilly. So I'm thinking below average for Halloween itself. However, uh, I know there are a number of kids that are actually heading out for trick-or-treat and for Halloween, uh, like they do often around here, in advance of Halloween itself. So if trick-or-treat in your neighborhood is like next Thursday, and I think there are some communities that are heading out next Thursday, talking about Thursday the 26th, it's going to be a lot warmer. (laughs) Uh, Trick-or-treaters heading out next Thursday will probably be, you know, trick-or-treat temperatures will be in the upper 60s. However, if it's on Halloween itself, We're talking about trick-or-treat temperatures being in the 40s. So, you know, if you're a traditionalist and, and, you know, you you think trick-or-treat and everything all all Halloween should be on the date itself, it is going to be a a cooler uh, in and around Halloween. You know, uh, I get it sometimes. They they don't want to have trick-or-treat on a Friday night or a Saturday night. And I I understand that. I actually really do because just more people are out and about right? On Friday night and Saturday night. We all know this, right? You get in your car, you go to drive around on Friday, Friday night, especially, but on Friday night and Saturday night, there are certainly more people out and about the the highways are are busier. The roadways are busier than they are any other night during the week. So I get it. And sometimes these local municipalities take some heat because people go, ah, trick or treat should be on Halloween night itself. You know, it's, it's Halloween. That's when we should have trick or treat. Well, do we really want the kids out there on a busy Friday night at six o'clock? Not to mention the fact that let's also be, you know, honest with ourselves. Unfortunately, even in the year of 2023 and in the era of Uber and Lyft, uh, there are people that are irresponsible on the weekends. A far higher rate of people are behind the wheel, uh, intoxicated in some way, shape, or form on Friday or Saturday nights than any other nights of the week. That is just a plain fact. So I get it when these municipalities move trick-or-treat night and, you know, have it on a Thursday or have it on a... So with it being on Tuesday this year, you know, I haven't really done a deep dive and looked at what communities are doing what. But I would say this, it's always interesting in my neighborhood because um, I live in New Cumberland. And, you know, we, New Cumberland's a a small town and, you know, we've got these common borders that are up against Camp Hill, Lemoyne, Wormleysburg isn't far away. Take it even a step further, you know, even Mechanicsburg, uh, go across the river. You know, it's, it's not a big thing for kids to come from uh, Harrisburg or Steelton and uh, just come across the river. And, and uh, it makes it fun in in my opinion. Um, But it's always interesting. So at my house in New Cumberland, if, New Cumberland's trick-or-treat night is the same night as most of our surrounding communities. It really cuts down on the amount of kids uh, that we get. If New Cumberland's trick-or-treat night is, say, different from Camp Hill or Lemoyne or Wormleysburg or even Harrisburg or Steelton, um, 
you know, hey, if I was a kid, I'd be doing what those kids do too. I'd be doubling down, right? If you can get two trick-or-treat nights and you don't have to go very far uh, to do it, I mean, why wouldn't you, right? Why wouldn't you get double the amount of fun and double the amount of candy? So uh, that's always an interesting uh, dynamic for me. But uh, heading into next week, expect uh, some patchy frost, perhaps even our first frost advisory on Monday night, and then uh, a nice warm-up by midweek, by Wednesday, Thursday. Uh, we're looking at highs back into the uh, low 70s, and uh, even Friday looks pretty warm. But at some point in time, Friday into the weekend, I do see a strong cold front coming through. And then the following week, which includes Halloween Day itself and uh, the 1st of November, at this point looks like it is going to be much, much cooler. So much cooler to round out uh, October and get into uh, early November. Fall foliage update, still looking like uh, we're talking about uh, peak fall foliage here. Same deal in and around uh, that last week of October and uh, into uh, early November. So give or take, I still think uh, as it sits, we're about two weeks away from peak fall color here uh, in central PA. And look, if we get uh, Apache frost early next week, that will advance things along uh, a little bit too in terms of that peak fall color. But we're for the most part kind of on schedule as we've been saying to uh, see peak fall color here around, uh, around Halloween. Well, we hope you have a great weekend. Uh, speaking of the leaves, they're going to be getting stripped off the trees left and right here this weekend. So get the rakes ready, get the leaf blowers ready, because you will need them into next week. Thanks to this uh, very cool, very blustery weekend behind these uh, strong northwest winds. But yeah, a weekend that's going to feel a bit more like maybe mid-November uh, than uh, late October. Um, but uh, still some decent fall weather and uh, a great time of year. And with that, we'll wrap up this week's edition. And we thank you, as always, for tuning in to another edition of It's Raining Mets.